Get to the church blind! Get to the church blind! Go! Now! I'm Pete Mitchell, and he's Peyton Jones, and you're listening to Hardcore Church Planning, the companion podcast for the Church Planner Podcast and Church Planner Magazine. Each week, we'll bring you interviews from planners who are in the trenches making it happen right now. These active church planners bear it all, share their successes, their failures, and what they'd wish they'd known when they were first starting out. Listen in to discover how God is working in their church plan. And welcome to the Hardcore Church Planning Podcast. Peyton, introduce our guest. So our our guest today is Ron Edmondson. Uh, If you read Church Planner Magazine, you definitely come across some of his articles. And uh, Ron is a pastor at Emmanuel Baptist Church. He's planted a few churches. He's passionate about leadership, church planting, and he also started a nonprofit ministry called the Mustard Seed Ministry. And you can check out his blog on ronedmondson.com. Ron, welcome on to Hardcore Church Planning. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me. Good stuff. One of the questions, Ron, that we always like to start out with, for our guests who aren't very familiar with you, tell us your story of how you came to faith. Uh, well, I'm 52, so that I got to stretch a long ways back for that. I, uh, I was, uh, I grew up in a, in the church. Uh, I, I'm blessed to say, and I know it's a little unusual these days, but my history, my heritage, um, on both sides of my parents, uh, I can't find a time when we were not people of faith of the Christian faith. So, uh, just always, you know, been very saturated with the church, but I was, when I was 10 years old, uh, we were actually in a revival service. And um, when I gave um, my heart to Christ, and I still remember it, you know, you go through t- seasons in your life where you, okay, I was young, didn't know what I was doing, but I can go back to that day as if it was yesterday, just the clear understanding of the gospel and just my wanting to um, to to be a child of God. So I, it's just as clear in my mind today as it ever was. Tell us a little bit about how you got involved with church planting. <clears throat> well, it really was by mistake. Um, uh, it, it wasn't something I was uh, even thinking that I would necessarily do. Uh, I was in the business world until 15 years ago. And uh, as a lay person, uh, we saw a need, several of us, I was uh, active in my church and there was a, um, on a one of the pastors at our church. I was always, you know, friends with all the pastors, and one in particular was much better. Um, uh, he, he knew the the scope of church outside of of the world that I was living, which was just you know Bible Belt uh, Southern Baptist Church, and he knew what was going on globally with the church, and he talked about um, churches that were. Uh, where where children were loved to come and that were so family oriented and were reaching lost people and all this sort of stuff and not to say our church wasn't I had a gr- grew up in a great church and still love the the church today but I, honestly the just the structure and the and the tradition of our church our boys were there every time the doors were open but I could, wouldn't say it was their favorite thing to do you know and <clears throat> so. 
he started talking about these churches where kids just love coming. Kids were bringing their parents. And I said, well, let, let's do that. And he said, well, you, you know, you just really need to start a church like that. And so we started just kind of talking about the need for a, a church that reached lost people and families and that sort of thing uh, in our community. And then uh, he moved away and another guy in the conversation moved away. And I went on about my life as, you know, as a lay person and business owner. And then um, several years later, God called me into ministry. Very long story of just surrendering to, to vocational ministry. And I really thought when I was surrendered to vocational ministry, I'd do more like I had been doing, that I would lead at some organization, some Christian organization, or I would lead retreats or that sort of thing, which I had already done. And the first week I surrendered to ministry, um, my phone rang and, and pa- a pastor of mine, my pastor growing up called, and he didn't know I'd surrendered to ministry. He knew I was had always done ministry stuff, but he said, would you be interested in helping a church uh, grow again? This was a hundred plus year old church. It would have been his first church out of seminary. And, and I said, well, I've never done anything like that, but uh, sure, I'd be interested in that. I just surrendered to ministry. And so I uh, went to that church to help them just sort of grow again. And um, I'm a wisdom seeker, so I'm always uh, asking people um, questions. And somebody I ask, you know, about how do you make a old established church grow again? And uh, somebody said, well, I think I would treat it like a church plant. I said, well, how do you do that? And so I started studying church planting and went to some church planting schools that I could find and talking to church planters. And so we, we did that. Uh, as and So that's what we did. And then um, I committed a year to them. They were about an hour from my home. And uh, the last day I was there, a guy visit, was visiting in the back. He called me the next week and he said, um, we're trying to plant a church in another city, which is uh, an- another 15 minutes away. It's about an hour and 15 minutes from my house. He said, would you be willing to help us get started? I said, well, I don't have a job and I've done this. So sure, we'll, uh, I'll give it a shot. And I committed two years to that. And uh, we, we helped them launch and, and uh, uh, still a great church today. And uh you're getting a lot more to the story, but it's a long story. I'm sorry. But then um, when uh, I was talking to somebody in uh, about church planting and getting wisdom in this uh, church plant that we were in, and while I was talking to this one pastor, and he was in a uh, Bible-based uh, church, very strong Bible uh, denomination church or Bible association, so... He said, Ron, I don't know if prophecy exists today, but God has shared something with me. and I need to share it with you. And I said, OK. He said, God seems to be saying you need to you need to finish the dream for the plant he gave you 10 years ago. And that was the one we had originally talked about in our city, in the town I grew up in, that, you know, they really needed a church to reach lost people and families. It's just a real strange prophetic um, time. And so uh, we um, we went back to the church we were currently planning and told them about it. And they said, look, you've been very faithful to us. Uh, if you want to stay here while you're launching that other one, you can. And so 
I, I kept planting the one while we planned the plant for the other. And, uh, and so that's kind of how I got into it. But it, it just really was snuck up on me. Didn't think I would be where I am today. Okay. So, um, that's, that's pretty cool. What's your background, Ron? What, what, I mean, are you, I know you're at a Baptist church now, but, um, you mentioned the term, you know, kind of a prophetic moment. Um, where are you at in, in things as far as like, uh, you know, have you worked with other denominations or have you always been a Baptist? I've always been a Baptist, uh, all my life. Um, but I, you know, it, especially in the last 10 years or so of, of planting, I've worked with dozens of other um, denominations. And some of the work that we've done, I've worked with Episcopals uh, planting churches, uh, Anglicans planting churches, uh, Assembly of God. I was just in Germany um, a couple of months ago working with some some plants through the Assemblies of God. And so, uh you know, we've we've worked with all kinds of denominations, but as far as me personally, I've been Baptist all my life. Very cool. We're we're actually getting ready to um, interview Sean McCain and Todd Hunter from Always Forward, the uh, Anglican Church Planting. So that's that's pretty cool. What was it like planning with Episcopalians? Well, and really, you know, there, it's it's similar to the Anglicans, and it's just matter. It, it's a matter of uh, I'm not the planner, obviously. I'm just uh, working with them, giving them suggestions, and that sort of thing. But I'm really starting to see uh, some evangelical movement, even within, especially Anglicans, but even within some Episcopals. And so, um, you know, it it. it uh, there's a learning curve for me there because I don't know a lot of the liturgical stuff that they go through and a lot of, and even a lot of the, the, um, denominational hierarchy that they have to deal with. But, uh, what I try to do is just break it down to reaching people because we all do that mm-hmm. basically the same. It's through relationships. Very cool. Very cool. So Ron, I know you're, you're kind of passionate about, um, things to do with the family, um, you know, I, reading through your bio, I know you, you, you run half marathons and marathons. So I guess really the question for you would be, um, particularly in light of all the, the situations where, um, planner health is, you know, pastor health. I mean, all this stuff has, has been, uh, kind of a concern and, and, and high profile leaders have been coming out saying, Hey, I really struggle with this. I got it wrong. Um, how do you get it right? How have you learned to survive over the years? Well, I, and to, to say I get it right, I, you know, some days are better than others. Um, I, we had health assessments at our church today because of our, uh, for our health insurance. And uh, I went in a little stressed. So I think my blood pressure was a little high at first. So we all have those seasons. And uh, I just um, interviewed for my blog, uh, uh, yesterday, and it'll come out hopefully in the next couple of days, Pete Wilson, who just, you know, resigned his church. And, uh, and I think I loved some of the things that he said, and I think that's what I've tried to practice. But, you know, he said, you, you know, when you're in that season where you're just, you're out of season, you're, you're not at your best, you're not enjoying the things that you're doing like you used to, and you just can't be there for very long. And so I think one of the things that, that I try to do is always self-assess where am I at. And I'm quick to step away. Uh, 
I would rather step away for a, an afternoon. You know, if this is just a really bad day, I'm just going to go home uh, and go for a run or go work out or whatever. And I do that a lot of times, maybe an hour or two at a time. But I'd rather step away uh, for uh, a day or two days or, or just get out of town for the week than to lose it for a longer season, you know. So I'm just really careful to self-assess where I'm at and take those mental breaks and those those um, longer breaks. The busier we are as a church, and I say this to pastors all the time, the busier we are as a church, the more I need more time away from the office, not less. And it's just, um, so, so it's just a constant balancing of that. Why, why do you say that you need more time away from the office? Well, I just have to find my, my sense of balance again with my wife, with God, with myself and just my own sanity. Um, you know, whether that's through reading or running or just relaxation, uh, you know, I, Jesus, uh, told us to, or, or God told us to, to do a Sabbath That's once a week you're, you just shut down everything. And, and the Jews were pretty strict about that. And I think there's a lot of wisdom in that God knew, God knew what he was doing. Imagine that, um, if I'm going at full pace, I can do that for a while, but at some point I'll just, I'll just stop. You know, I'm just done. And so before I get to the place where I can't go any further, I want to discipline myself to step back, recalibrate, step back into it again. Right. So tell, tell us a little bit about um, when you run and, and, and what that means for you and what that helps you to do. Are you praying during that time? Or are you just thinking through problems as a mixture of both? And, uh, and how did you get to a point where you gave yourself permission to do that? Because I think all of those listening are going, well, hey, in, you know, the, the, the business world, like the business guy can't just say, hey, I'm getting more busy at work. I need to like take two hours out to run, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can't do that in other lines of work. So I guess really the, the question is, why is ministry different? Well, and I would, I would probably push back a little bit on, on, on what you just said and the fact that, you know, I was in the business world a long time and uh, there are healthy places and there are unhealthy places. And I think the healthy places are, are especially today, are recognizing the speed of life and just the stress of the world is, is requiring that we, we take this time. So I think the business world's responding to that as a matter of fact, but, but I, you know, I, I think, what's different in ministry is, uh, and I, I you know, I'm always hesitant to say that. And the only reason I can say it's different is because I've lived both worlds. We owned our own businesses with, you know, 40, 45 employees, uh, in our business, uh, lots of people responsible looking to us. I served on the city council and as vice mayor of our city. So I understand stress in the secular world. But in the ministry world, I don't know how to describe it, but it, it just feels like uh, the weight of the world is 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 on you, um, and uh, that you know you never go to bed with a problem solved, uh, with with all the problems solved. Never, you know, you don't clock out and go home. There, there's always that weight, and and the other thing I think is is um, important is how the ministry has changed over the years. 
I'm uh, also working on a blog post. I haven't gotten it together yet, but but just how ministry has changed in the last even 20 years. And I use this illustration. Um, it, you know, the, the best one that comes to mind is, is the world of a teacher. Uh, no one would argue that the role of a teacher has changed in the last 20 years. The pressures of the classroom today and what uh, a teacher deals with today versus 20 years ago or versus you know, 50 years ago is so incredibly different just because the problems of society have increased. Um, and it's the same way in ministry. You know, uh, it, when I first went into ministry, even it was so much different than the pressures. It seems like people are living under. And for a pastor, you seem to live all everyone's pressures that are in your church. You know, we've got people right now that can't get pregnant and they're struggling with infertility. And then we got people, they lost a son to heroin a couple of weeks ago, and we got a marriage that everyone thought was wonderful and it's falling apart. And and those are just examples of many, many others. And you carry that weight every single day of everyone in your uh, on your team. When I was in the business world, we had a lot of employees that we were responsible for, and I carried the weight of getting them paid every week. Every time payroll would come around, I felt the responsibility. But I didn't feel the weight if their marriage was in trouble. I might. I had some, you know, and I, I cared about my employees, and I might walk through them, especially if they approached me. But I didn't know all those. To, with the people in our church, I'm carrying those every day. Hmm. So uh, on top of running, a lot of ministers, pastors, I, I suppose it depends upon personality, but a lot of us, you know, we've we found that a sense of humor is really kind of um, therapeutic, right? It, it, I mean, medical people tell us that, that it helps relieve stress. There's all kinds of studies on it. Um, I was a, a, an RN in a psych, psych hospital, very intense, um, lockdown ward. Um, they were some funny people. I've noticed when I would do surgery rotations that the surgeons would crack jokes constantly because of the high stress that they're in, you know, having someone's body open and, and all their blood vessels and internal organs exposed and, you know, centimeter and things go wrong. Um, how do you think that a sense of humor plays into the sanity of a church planner slash leader slash pastor? Well, we laugh a lot as a team. Uh, I think it does all the things that you mentioned. Uh, there's, there's the psychological benefit of it. But I, the other thing that I think it does is it builds um, a sense of community among among the people on, on the team and the people that you're working with. Um, I'm a, I'm wired for progress, and so I I use a checklist every day. My meetings back up to one another, um, you know, throughout the day, and and uh, but and I want to I want to be a, a productive every day. And yet the most productive part uh, of our staff meetings or volunteer meetings is when in the first 30 minutes when we just have fun together uh, because it does gel us as a group and we're more effective um, together if we've had that time um, to gel together. So, so I think it, it, it not only is good individually, it's good collectively for the team. That's good, man. So give give us an example of some of the things you say that you guys laugh a lot. What would that look like? Uh, you know, I don't know. It would probably be mostly 
uh, inside jokes to us. You know, uh, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of cutting people down, but we use a lot of um, of humor. You know, our our worship pastor is just naturally seen as the one who's going to be ten minutes late, and that's a that's a you know that's a, something that's naturally joked about just about every meeting. Uh, so it's usually based on individuals and, and things that would be unique. Probably wouldn't be funny to anybody else unless you're a part of the team. Gotcha. All right. Well, Pete, Ben, I mean, uh, not Ben, <laughs> Ron, um, you know, for some reason, when, when I was talking to you, I got to thinking of Ben Pilgrim. And uh, I think we met Ben around the same time as, as you started doing stuff for us. And uh, so it, for the longest, do you know Ben Pilgrim? I don't know that I do. We did an interview. We did a whole bunch of interviews, and uh, this is kind of funny. We 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 knew everybody's name except for Ben's, and so <laughs> Ben for the longest time because we lost our contact info with him. We had this video, and he was a uh, bald guy, and That's so uh, when we went to put the title on it, it was interview with a bald mm-hmm. church planner because we li- this is confession time. We literally could not remember his name. That's so that funny. has nothing to do other than the fact that I accidentally called you uh Ben. Well and but, and now and now you can't uh, not think of not right. remember his name. So you needed that experience. <laughs> yeah. I remember coming across again and going, Oh, that's bald church planner. Yeah, ben Pilgrim. Awesome. Okay. So all right. Well, Pete has a question for you, Ron. One right. of the questions, Ron, that uh, everyone tunes into this podcast for, at least I like to believe it, is uh if you were to get into a physical fist fight with Sean Lovejoy, who would win? <laughs> That's funny. Sean's a great friend. Um, you know, I would he would win because I would just I would just yield to him. I just respect <laughs> him that much. Nice. So yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's cool. But Ron. <laughs> but oh, I made could- Oh, I could take him, you know, and I would, I would make sure he knew that, I, but I, I would give. I'd make I sure would. he knew it. Yeah. I love that. that. That's the best part. I'd make sure he knew it, but I'd yield to him. <laughs> Brother, I'm going to give you a visual illustration of meekness, power <laughs> under control. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, great. Hey, Ron, thank you so much for coming on. You can yeah. go to ronedmondson.com, follow his blog. You can also find him writing for us frequently in Church Planner Magazine. And uh, with that, I am going to allow Arnold to sign us out. Remember, if you are called to church planting, go hardcore or go home. You've been listening to Hardcore Church Planting. Hardcore Church Planning has been brought to you by the Church Planner Podcast and the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the App Store for both Apple and Android devices. If you like this episode, leave us a positive review. If you didn't like this episode, we'll be happy to give you your money back.